Welcome to issue 111 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, which is a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at the most critical piece of game, the sets we don't know half as well as we should like, and less than half of them half as well as they deserve. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape the free peoples and benefit Middle-earth as well as those so-called heroes intent on casting them back into the fiery chasm from which they came. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon, but I'm not really a fan of this podcast, so I'm leaving. Take it away, Steve. Well, uh, thanks, Brandon. You can call me... Don't ask me what I'll do with a ring if I have no corporeal body, Sauron. And joining me tonight, all the way from the balcony of his very pointy tower, is... Nope, not Iron Man. It's Saruman of Zero Colors, Daniel. How's it going, Daniel? Oh, good morning, sir. What a delightful day to record this. How are you? I'm I'm well, I'm well. But we are not alone. We are never alone. Yeah, crawling up from <laughs> Kirith Ungol is that eight-legged spouse of our favorite Adder Cop. It's Helob. James, how's it going? I am doing well, thank you. Uh, we've had uh, the advantage of being on the other side of the Atlantic that we've not had to get up at the crack of dawn to record, so a pleasant lunchtime here. Always nice. Well, James did not come alone either. With him is uh, someone who's reconsidering his rental lease agreement, our favorite air pollutant smog, the not-quite-fully-armored Simon. Simon, how you doing? Good morning, good afternoon, uh, good evening, if that's when people are listening. I'm doing good. Good. Over. Glad to have you. Nice sunny day. Thank you for having us. Uh, da- Daniel? Do you, yeah. uh, do you have something on your mind tonight, today? I got two things morning? on my mind. Two things on my mind this morning. One is, hey, James, Simon, it's great to be hanging out with you guys again. Yeah, yeah, it feels like Thanks for... it's been it feels a while. Like ages. Ages. Now, when we last hung out, we recorded a little something, something called Lore of the Ring, which people can find on your show. So why don't you guys tell us what your show is? Sure. So we are the Card Game Cooperative. We look at all three of the, the co-op LCGs, so Lord of the Rings, Arkham Horror, and Marvel Champions. Um, yeah, you can find us around the various places you find podcasts. Just look for the Card Game Cooperative. And yeah, that was uh, uh, the four of us did a did a deep dive into Tolkien's lore and the background to the first quest in the core box. So yeah, check it out if you're if you're a Lord of the Rings fan. I'm excited yeah. that we might do another one. Might Maybe. do. I thought oh. we are doing. Yeah, well, it's so hard to arrange things, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Eventually, one day, maybe by the one time day. they have re-released all of the uh, Lord of the Rings content, we will have done all of the quests for the Lord of the Rings content. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable uh, deadline yeah. to shoot for. Yeah. All right. Unless they start doing it really quickly, and then we might be screwed. I, I have something else on my mind, though, Steve. Oh, you do? Well, you know, I love it when we get like the five star reviews and I like to read them out loud. Yes. Because they just, they fill me with, you know, they fill my tank, you know? Yeah. Well, Steve, we got a zero star review. What? No. Yeah. Yeah. From listener, don't kidnap my dwarf BFF. Hmm. Yeah. Calls his review, zero stars, a broken arrow. This show never talks about how cool it is to shoot a bow and arrow. I don't even understand. Like, it's always telling us how awesome these so-called villains are. I want more tips on being a better archer and how to avoid that annoying rash you get from wearing your quiver too tightly across your back. 
Also, Legolas is better than Hawkeye. Like, what are we uh, supposed to do with that? I don't, I don't know. It's true, though. I think Legolas is better than Hawkeye. But well, I, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's not a zero star. Maybe that's a little ring shape The the instead Whoa. of a zero. Oh, maybe I it's a one ring. Three stars. Yeah, ring, ring stars. stars. <laughs> you know what? I Let's call know. it that, and now I feel a lot better moving forward. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, don't kidnap my dwarf EFF for the review. At least they're listening. So yeah, I guess. Yeah. But we're we're gonna do some stuff tonight. Today, I don't even this morning. I, I keep saying tonight. Uh, we're gonna look at some cards. Some of our favorite villains from the card game. Um, James, I think uh, you and Simon have some lore bits up for us. What? Why don't you guys take it away? Sure. So I'll. I'll go first. So our our first uh, first villain that we're going to be talking about tonight is uh, Balrog. Um, you, uh, as I'm sure you're all aware, Balrog was was born on the Cree homeworld of Hala, uh, but he moved to Middle Earth in the first age because he was just so jealous of his better known brother Yonrog, always going on about his achievements. You know, wanted to wanted to start out on his own. And you know, like any any good Marvel villain, um, Bal's gone by many very, many different names over the years. Um, he, when he was first introduced back in Dwaradelf issue three, the writers hadn't even bothered giving him a name. He was just the Nameless Fear. Um, but you know, as as they tend to do, that they kind of looped back round, revisited him six years later, uh, and at that point he was uh, he was first introduced as Durin's Bane, um, appearing for the first time there with his trademark trademark flaming sword and whip. Uh, and, and then he kind of kind of disappears from the story for for a couple of years, uh, and when he does come back, he's going to re- reappear with yet another name. Because um, you see that while Bal thought that the darkness was his ally, it turned out he only adopted the dark, being in truth a creature of flame as well as shadow. Uh, and his attempts at building some kind of brand awareness under that that Durin's Bane name uh, were shattered by a lawsuit from DC Comics, so he wasn't allowed to use that anymore. Mm. Um, he, you know, he, he, wow. he, he sort of. Toyed with kind of other idea, you know, Durin's nuisance, Durin's pets, pest, but it it just didn't quite work. Um, but that was why he, he decided to go back to using his own name. Um, so by the time he appears in Saga issue number five, he's just created as Balrog again. Um, like any good comic book villain, he has died on multiple occasions. Um, so he was killed by Ecthelion in the city square of Gondolin, although that later gets retconned to imply that he actually made it most of the way out of the city. He's then kind of wrestling with Glorfindel and they do a, a Reichenbach Fall-style tumble off the cliff. Um, either way, though, by the time the Fellowship passed through Moria in the Third Age, he's back to full health and ready to once again fall off a bridge, this time fighting Gandalf on the bridge of Khazad-dûm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of a bit about, a bit about his history. Um, as is always the way, you know, the, the portrayals are very one-sided. You know, they they never really give you his insight into his inner motivations. Um, we do know that he spends quite a lot of time trying to decide whether or not he has wings. Um, but mm. equally, you know, he's an accomplished magic user. He really should have the mystic trait so he can get an extra hand size. Um, but, yeah, I think ultimately he's, he's just a peaceable character who wants to be left alone in the dark and is just constantly provoked by these so-called heroes bursting into his house, starting fights and trying to nick all his stuff. Dropping stuff down wells. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah that James, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know any of that. That was awesome. It's very informative. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. No, James, uh, I have a question though. He is mm-hmm. he's his new superhero or supervillain name, I should say, is the Balrog. Is he the only one? Is he he's just alone? Uh, I mean, there there have been others. You know, again, 
you know what it's like in the comics the name, names get sure. names get handed around you know there's there's always another version another person in that suit another person with that name so you know i, I think by the by the third age which is when kind of most of the action's happening he's probably the only one left it's you know it, it, it's never made clear but he's he's certainly trying to put himself out there as as the one that was fantastic i learned so much good. just now i never knew he was yon rog's brother but yeah, it makes, it makes sense. sense yeah it makes sense. yeah i mean i guess how could i not have seen that earlier wow thank you james all right well we have one more uh origin story we we're going to look at and simon was going to tell us all about the witch king right i am uh i'm gonna tell you a slightly different tale here so i would uh like you all to gather around and uh and i will begin so uh, i'm here i'm here shuffle shuffle <laughs> chair chair scraping across floor sound here once upon a time there was a king of men the king was probably good or maybe not who knows uh one day a super handsome guy called anatar turned up and offered the king a shiny, elven-forged ring. He said that the ring would extend the king's lifespan and power, and also gave a promise that no man would be able to kill him. Being particularly fond of shiny things and strangers, the king of course accepted. Unfortunately, as with most fairy tale items, the ring was of course cursed, and Anatar was in fact the evil Lord Sauron. Through the power of the ring, the king eventually slipped into the shadow world and became a ringwraith or Nazgul. Luckily for our king, he was not the only man given one of these rings of power. Joined by eight others, the king unionized the Nazgul, fighting for better working conditions for all in Mordor. <laughs> Through strike action and a long-term negotiation with Barad-dur HR, the Nazgul union secured flexible working, a three-day weekend, and a government-backed scheme to oppress budding female heroes. After Sauron's defeat by the Last Alliance, a power vacuum occurred. The king used his power and influence as Union Steward, and self-titled himself the Witch King, founding the dictatorship of Angmar and ruling uninterrupted for seven centuries. Now, although this isn't the end of the once great king's story, this is where we will end it for today. Awesome. I feel like that's a story as old as time. It yeah, is a story I, you know, as old as time. Right? You Stranger turns these, up. Yeah. And you start yeah. with these good ideas, you think you're helping people, and then all of a sudden you become a monster. Well, exactly. I mean, just like, you know, working conditions and the union. Right. I, I'm glad to hear and about that. Then suddenly that. he's a dictator of Angmar. Yeah. Right? Lording but, it over. I mean, abusing yeah. power. Oh, I mean, it happens know, to the best of us eventually. A, maybe he's just become a dictator so he can ensure that... Uh, you know, right-wing politicians don't come in and undermine the four-day four-day working week that he's secured. You know, it, it could be a, you know, an, an, an example of benevolent paternalism in action. Well, I've always heard the saying: if you want something done right, do it yourself. So there you go. He just wants it done right. You just want, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, did you say that the ring was made by elves, the scourge of Middle Earth? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of always forget that the rings were originally forged by an elf, not by some quote-unquote evil guy. So, but. I mean, I think he was technically a part of it, wasn't he? He was I there. Mean, yeah, but 
you know, the elves you know, he, implicit in it, I guess, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he was the one that was filling with, as you say, quote-unquote, malice and evil. Well, we just, let's not talk about that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Those are some great backstories for our two big villains. Um, so we always look at some cards. Should we look at some cards? Look at some cards. All right. So we have three Balrog cards and three Witch King cards. So we're just going to take a look at them and maybe compare and see which one we think is uh, is better. Daniel, why don't you start us off with one of them? Uh, I'm going to read Durin's Bane. No, I'm going to read The Balrog from The Road Darkens. Is that okay? All right. So he's got ooh, Threat 50. Or what is that called? Encounter Engagement? Number? Engagement Do we cost, care about yeah. that? Engagement costs 50. Yeah. Five threat, eight attack, nine defense, 25 health. He's got the Balrog, Shadow, and Flame traits. He's indestructible. Cannot be optionally engaged. The Balrog and Shadow cards dealt to the Balrog are immune to player card effects. While in the staging area, the Balrog is considered to be engaged with the first player, and only the first player can declare attackers against the Balrog. And it's got 50 victory points, guys. Whoa, 50. Is that, that's got to be most, right? Yeah, I would think. As the one think. person who still keeps score, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that seems pretty bonkers. Nine yeah. defense? Yeah, that's pretty high. Huh. Well, okay. and indestructible too, right? So, uh, <laughs> Why even have defense? <laughs> Why bother about defense? Right? <laughs> All right. Well, that's not that's not the only Balrog card we get. Let me tell you about Durin's Bane from the Shadow and Flame scenario. Now, this is kind of the opposite. It has a one engagement cost. Uh, Yikes! Four threat, six attack, three defense, twenty-seven hit points. Uh, Balrog, Flame and Shadow, not Shadow and Flame. Oh. I was going to ask you guys about that. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, they must have started saying, we should put this on alphabetical. Um, regenerate three. Indestructible. Players cannot play attachments on Durin's Bane. A Durin's Bane cannot leave the staging area, is considered to be engaged with each player whose threat is one or greater, and attacks each of those players in turn during the combat phase. All right. Uh, I like that you can't throw a um, forest snare over Durin's Bane. That, that's nice. So, right. That would be funny, though. What's the difference between cannot play attachments and immune? I suppose it's not immune to player card effects. It's yes, you just can can't have it. attachments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you you can still use like uh, I don't know reduces attack cards and things like yeah. that. events. I think this card is part of the reason they routed hammer, isn't it? Oh, really? Explain that. Um, because with hammer, you could paint him every round, and then as long as you found some little goblin to kill. You could just get your faint back, and you could just faint him every round because he's, yeah, you can't forest snare him, but he's not immune to player card effects. So, okay, you just stop sure. him attacking, and nothing happens. So now you got to go at him with Sam Gamgee, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you can still, still do that. Still waiting for or, or the gaffer, the gaffer, or that's what you mean, gaffer, the one, yeah, yeah, yeah the gaffer. The, I like the, the Hobbit faint. Yeah, yeah, I like the idea of an old Hobbit just like wagging his finger at during the faint. <laughs> oh no, you ain't. <laughs> <laughs> But this one, he dropped his shield for some reason. In the and, uh, No, like just like from nine to three defense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So clearly he's made himself a little more vulnerable. But And he's not, he's not zero victory points. What's up with that? Like, yeah. Uh. Well, you probably can't kill him, though. With this quest, when he dies, you win. 
Sure, but I th- still think he should be worth 50 victory points. Anyway. Well, there's one more, yeah. and I think James needs to read it for us since he told us all about Balrog. Sure. So this is, uh, again, Durin's Bane, this time from Escape from Khazad Doom. I believe that that's the constructible versus mode one, isn't it? Um, he is yes. 50 engagement cost, 4 threat, 8 attack, uh, only 3 defense, and only th- only 15 health. Um, he's a Balrog. Oh. He is neither Shadow nor Flame. Uh, he is immune to player card effects. He cannot be optionally engaged. Um, af- forced after he attacks and destroys a character you control, raise your threat by 2, heal 2 damage from him. Uh, and 5 victory points. So more than the previous one, but still only a tenth of the original. Oh, not the original. Yeah, the much, yeah, much weaker, right? Much weaker. Yeah. Well, I think because he no longer has Shadow or Flame. Oh, right. As traits. I mean, he's just a third of himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if this is the one where you're, is this like you said, the customizable one? Is that what this one's from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they let you use the Balrog, they reduce the. You know, if if the players get to actually engage with it in a deck building scenario style, then they they're gonna nerf him. I see. I see how it goes. Mm. This is kind of his hero card. I feel like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Balrog, when you fight him, Balrog, when you unlock him as a playable character. Uh, right. A right. sense of meme. <laughs> uh, which of the three do we like the best? Which one do we think is the, the highest quality Balrog? Mm. Uh, Duran's Bane, Balrog, Flam- Flame Shadow, all really? the way. See, no, I, I think it's it's the Balrog. You know, he's, he's immune to player card effects. His shadow cards are immune to player card effects. And he's got nine defense. He's yeah. He's he's there. He's not going away, and you can't do anything about it, other than get punched in the face. I gotta side with James on this one. There's a reason he's worth fifty victory points. Yeah, sorry, Simon. I'm I'm gonna go there too. <laughs> they convinced me. They talked me into it. Peer pressure. Balrog, the Balrog, is considered to be engaged with the first player, whereas Juran's Bane will attack anyone with threat higher than one. Oh, but you do start that quest with zero threat, so you just okay. Bring so you get one round where he doesn't attack you. They just bring Galadriel or Elrond's Council or some other kind of cheesy threat reduction and keep your threat in negative numbers all quest. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess that's not impossible. In fact, on the most recent Monday Night Twitch episode, friend of the show Grant had his threat at zero for most of the game. <laughs> so it's cheeky hobbits, man. Uh, so this guy would be like, you know, powerless against those hobbits. Well, speaking of Grant, Grant is, uh, are you talking about Grant from Car Talk Podcast? I am. Well, you know what they do in the Car Talk Podcast is they give all their cards a ring rating. So I wanted to give the Balrog cards a ring rating. Okay. And how does that ring rating work, Steve? Right. So, so for those that don't know, it's highly scientific yet very arbitrary where we're going to give the cards a ring rating at a value between one and ten. One being the one card to rule them all, and ten being the mm. card we throw back into the fire chasm from whence it came. Uh, so I'll I'll go first. I'm going to give the uh, the Balrog a ring rating of uh, two. I don't think it's the best card in the entire game because it only has 50 victory points. I think that could be higher. So Daniel, what do you give it? I'm also going to give this one a two because there's only one card that has the number one rating. Okay. And this isn't it, uh, James. Yeah, so it would it would be nice if it had you know some kind of comically high doomed value or 
attacked everybody. So let's say uh, let's say a three, just because it'd be boring if we all say two. There's there's a little bit of room for improvement, but it's pretty good. Okay. And and Simon, what do you think? Where are you going to rate rate this thing? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with you guys. I'm gonna go with two. Well, how about the Shadow and Flame version? We'll start the other way around. Simon, for your Durin's Bane one. Uh, I am going to give him a two also. Like You guys have convinced me they are equally as much of a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level peg them. That seems fair. Uh, James? No, I'm, I, I think I'm going to give this a six. I think. Whoa! Whoa. No, you can <laughs> brutal. You can faint him. You can faint voices him. You can get your get your threat down to zero. Uh, you know, he's he's only got three defense. You know, get, get a couple of. But he's uh, got regenerate three. Yeah, but you know, once well, and indestructible. Once you got your uh, uh, indestructible, go on then. Um, I'll, uh, I'll 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 bump him up to a five. Uh, Daniel, I'll give him a three. Like he's really good, slightly less good. Than the Balrog, but still overwhelming, an overwhelming villain. Yeah, and um, I, I think I'll go with Simon though. I think a two seems fair because of that regenerate and the defense. So you gotta, you can't ping him, and you gotta stay on him every round. And I think in a multiplayer, he's even better because he attacks everybody every phase. So, uh, which is kind of yeah. Cool. Okay, I like I, I get the whole you can keep your threat down, but say you're in a four-player game. What are the chances of all four players having decks, or one player with a really good threat reduction deck that can still manage to keep all four players at zero threat? I want to say those chances are zero, Simon, but now I want to build that fellowship. (laughs) (laughs) You've got three... My god, that's got to be our thing. Let's try it, guys. (laughs) You know, if you just let all your heroes die, your threat goes to zero, so... Go for a go for a, a three deck fellowship that, that's just focused on keeping your threat below zero, and then someone else brings a Saruman and Grima deck. <laughs> uh, all right, we have one last Balrog here um, to to rate. Uh, Daniel, let's start with you. Right. He's just so different. Like you know, like he's so far far away from the other two. And the, the point of his existence is is different as well. I, I'm just going to give him a five. I mean, if you see that in a normal game as like a creature, that's pretty bad. So I'll, I'll give him a five. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think a five. He, he's a he's a good boss, but he's not like uh, knocking my socks off. Um, yeah. Uh, James or Simon? I mean, I'm dropping way down here. I'm going to like seven, maybe eight. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Like by the time like we played this scenario, and by the time he showed up, it was like he didn't even hang around one round. He came out, he died. Mm. Yeah, seems fair, James. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's uh, it's ironic that he doesn't have doesn't have the shadow trait because this one is a is is a poor shadow of the other two. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> fifteen, 15 health, nice. fifteen health, three defense, no keywords. Yeah, if. As I say, late game, you're just going to one-shot this, so it, it, it really doesn't stand out above any boss enemy that you get at the end of a end of a quest in the way that the Balrog should. So, yeah, I think I'll give him a 7 as well. In that scenario, it must force him to be engaged with you somehow, because you can't optionally engage him when he has a 50 engagement cost. So 
Yeah, I think it does. I, think the I can't remember. Yeah, how. I can't remember the quest card or or like the, the unique location, but I think he sits there for a little bit. So you've got a quest pass for threat, and then he comes down and he hits you once, and then you kill him. All right, <laughs> hits you once, and then you kill him. <laughs> uh, Sounds like someone could use the indestructible keyword. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about the Witch King, Steve. Yeah, uh, Simon, you told us all about his backstory. Why don't you read one of his cards? Okay, so we've got the uh, Witch King from The Black Riders. Uh, He's got a 45 engagement cost, 5 threat, 6 attack, uh, 5 defense, 9 health. Uh, The Witch King, unique, uh, with the Nazgul trait. He is immune to player card effects. Uh, he gets a minus 30 engagement cost whilst the one ring is exhausted. So, of course, because this is part of the saga, you'll have some kind of Frodo with a ring attached to him. Uh, and characters with one willpower or less cannot defend attacks made by the Witch King. Bye-bye, Baragond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, he seems pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he's no slouch, that's for sure. Yeah, the The theme of, like, his engagement cost being pretty high, so you can kind of avoid him unless you use the ring. It's really good. I like that. I think yeah. that's great. So, also yeah. immune to player card effects. That's quality. That's quality villain. Quality. Yeah. No gaffering him. <laughs> no. All right. Well, we've got two more. Oh, you have more to say? I was just going to say you're probably coming at this with a Hobbit deck as well if you've just picked up this box and you're going for it. So that like five defense and nine health is like reasonable yeah i don't see any group of hobbits even chipping away at that yeah that's six attack if all you've got is the black riders <laughs> sam ain't defending that six attack no well not more than once anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i do i do like that uh characters with the one or less can't defend so you just end up taking you can't chump block with a lot of things like tactics is going to have a hard time with it it's more about your willpower to stand up to him than it is straight yeah. up muscle. Another, how do you, another scheme hit. Yeah. How do you get a Calabrian stone on Baragond? Hmm. You, uh, you just Are put you it on him, right? I think so. Yeah, you're allowed to, right? Yeah. Just to hear yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he gets the willpower boost. He just doesn't get the spirit resource icon. All right, there you go. All right, well, there's two more of these. Daniel, your turn. Sure, I will read um, the Nazgul Sorcerer traded version of the Witch King. 50 engagement cost, 6 threat, 6 attack, 6 defense, 14 health. Only the engaged player can declare attackers against the Witch King. And forced at the beginning of the encounter phase, the Witch King engages the first player. Then it makes an immediate attack. Oof. Yeah, this is the one from Flame of the West. Um, That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, are the stats 666 on purpose? You think? I, I think hope so. so. Clearly. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and victory six. So victory six. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. That's a yeah. lot of sixes. Wow. Okay. Uh, He's good. Yeah, his power ramps up. I like that. So. The fact that you can't control yeah. who engages him, and he's attacking twice per round. Both nice. Yeah. Shame. And then they're the only people that can attack him as well. Yeah. So you need two things that are going to be able to defend against him. And then you need to get through six defense. Well, so you can still sentinel defend him, just can't ranged attack. Right. Uh, yeah. But still. That's a good home run too, right? Because he's like, at this stage, the fear he's putting off is driving men away. So um, 
if you're engaged with them, you're sort of forced to have to be able to fight them. But if you're not, you're not brave enough to go after them. So. All right. So there's one more Witch King from the Massing at Osgiliath pack. He, it is a 40 engagement cost, 6 threat, 6 attack, 6 defense, 11 health. Uh, unique, the Witch King, with the Nazgul and Captain trait. Players cannot play attachments on the Witch King. While the Witch King is in the staging area, each character gets minus one willpower. Forced, after the Witch King attacks, he, retur- he returns to the staging area unless the defending player raises his threat by three. Okay, so this guy is also pretty pretty beefy. <laughs> this is when he's like leading the armies of Mordor at the Siege of Osgiliath and stuff. Um, yeah, he's... So he, he like he keeps going back to the staging area. Yeah, he's, he's, he's much good. more focused on just kind of hanging out in the staging area and making life bad for you. Right? Like he's, if if you want to engage him, he'll come and punch you. But yeah, you know, he's yeah, he's he's not not like the Black Riders one who's there to hunt down the ring bearer. He's just there to make life difficult and stick around. He's there to ensure that those uh, three day weekends and. Uh... <laughs> And yeah. all of that stuff. That, yeah, he's he's there as union steward, ensuring that those workers' rights are adhered to. We ain't going no further till we've had a breather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Um, so I'm going to start by saying that it's the first Witch King we talked about that I like the best, even though he's very saga specific. He he's the only one whose art is not a weird disembodied head thing. Oh right! Like the floating crown, I, I just can't deal with that. Okay. My favorite art is actually me. the massing at Osgiliath one. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. There's something about that art. I really like it. Oh, I like I like the body of the other ones better. It's just like yeah, the floating crown head thing. I don't know. Well, yeah, because they're incorporeal, but they still wear clothes. Uh, right, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, which is kind of true in all of it, anyways. So. <laughs> yeah, I do like the Flame of the West art, though. It's like very reminiscent of the art you get on the playmat with Aowen and stuff. So, right before he takes her out, is that what happens? Does he does he kill her? I think, I think that's so. how I that's how I remember it. It's um, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, that must be what happens. Again, ensuring that the uh, the appearance of female heroes is oppressed. Right. All right, so let's ring these things. Although, uh, wait, in Simon's oh. scenario, though, then Eowyn is basically recast as a strike buster. Oh, yeah, definitely. I like that. Yeah. Sent in by, you know, capitalist... Theoden? Yeah. Yeah, the Ro- capitalist Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, wow. This story's changed a lot for me today. <laughs> let's ring these. Uh, Simon, let's start with the Black Riders one. Go for it. I'm going to give it a poo. Was that a two or a poo? A two. Okay. <laughs> that's that's good. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's it's that minus thirty engagement cost because I think it's really easy to forget about that. Use that ring for something and then go. Oops. Oh no. <laughs> and then it, you know that's the point where if you're playing alone, you just go. Maybe I didn't do that. <laughs> And just reset everything and start that turn again. <laughs> All right, James. Yeah, I, he's, I, I think he's, he's definitely my favourite of uh, of the three. As you say, that he's, he's just, just so thematic in terms of 
of what the Balrog's doing at, at that point in time. I I just wish his stat line was six six six. Um, so yeah, yeah. On on that basis, I'm 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 just going to give him a three. Um, yeah, it loses it loses a mark for theme there. Okay, Daniel. So here's the thing. I, I kind of I'm going to make it easy on you, Steve. I'm going to give them all the same rating because I feel like they're both. All three of them are equally perfectly designed for the quest that they're in. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yep. They do the right thing. In they the do the right thing in. for that scenario that they're in. So I'm going to give them threes across the board. And I would have said two, but you know, not one of them is indestructible. All right. So, yep. so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think that yeah. seems fair. Uh, I was actually, yeah. Yeah. James and uh, Simon, you guys want to adjust yours for all three cards? I think, I, I mean, I would, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I think that they're, they're all kind of slightly lacking something. I think, as I say, the you know the the Black Riders one could be a six six six. I think the the Witch King, um, the, sorry, the source for a Witch King, the fact that he's not immune to any kind of player card shenanigans. Um, yeah, the the Osgiliath one, like he's, I, I get that he's he's nasty, but I think if you can build up enough of a board state, and that's a long quest. You can you can potentially just kind of quest past him. So yeah, I, I, I think they're all they're all challenges, but they've all got something you can do about them. So yeah, threes across the board seems seems fair. Okay, so I'm gonna give uh, the Black Riders one a three for all the reasons you have said. The Flame in the West one a three as well. But I'm gonna go with the Massing Asgillis one, and purely out of nostalgia, remembering this pack, getting on the table, and just getting wrecked with it because it came out so early a two because i i just i thought it was great at the time so i'm i'm giving an extra point based on uh younger steve enjoying no i like that a lot the nostalgia vote is great yep so give it a two was this quest was the massing of uh, skiliath was that between the core set and the rest of the packs or was it during it was the Mirkwood cycle? It was somewhere during it. It was like the fellowship event quest. I thought it was around Kazakhstan. Right. I think it was like the very first one to come out. Right. I think it was like somewhere after like in the midst of that first cycle. Yeah. yeah. And it so wasn't, you've got like a limited easy. pool. Oh yeah, yes. a very limited pool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you, you start the quest, you put out like all the snaggas, all the wolf riders, all the whatevers, and then, yeah. and then this guy's coming out. You're like, oh, the Witch King, it's so cool. Oh, yeah. I, I really yeah. liked it. All right, well, that was fun. Um, but we aren't done, right? We have one more oh, little we segment. we are not done. We are not done. Yeah. We, so what we're going to do, Simon, this was your idea. Do you want to tell us uh, what this, what we're going to do next? Sure. So uh, each of us has prepared a, uh, a scenario, and we're going to ask each other these scenarios. And uh, it's a... Would you I rather the Balrog or the Witch King? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, someone will ask a ridiculous question and your option is the Balrog or the Witch King. And right. I, I do, do you want me to just like ask you guys my question first and then we can take it from there? All right. I, I just hope you're not stealing mine. That's all. Or mine I mean, from the other night. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they are, so yeah, I'm no, sorry if they're the same. I, I had my oldest daughter help me come up with this, so it would kind of help me keep it clean. So there you go. Fair enough. So mine <laughs> is, uh, so you walk into Starbucks, you're going in to get yourself a nice, refreshing beverage. There are two checkouts or two baristas there. One of them 
is the Witch King. One of them is the Balrog. Which one are you going to to get your coffee? The Balrog. Yeah, I like hot coffee, not iced yeah. coffee. I, I yeah. feel like he would yep. make sure that it was hot. Yep. But would it be too hot? Well, you know, do you yes. want your coffee burnt? Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. But can you still like sue someone like for thirty million dollars? Like if it's too hot, it, yeah. If it's too hot at the, like, the probably, McDonald's, probably not. Did. I'm assuming that there'd be like a little a little placard in front of him, just <sighs> saying, you know, yeah, okay. uh, you know, coffee will be exceptionally hot. <laughs> Well, please take uh, appropriate care. No, I think that's good because then you could sip that cup. Because I also imagine it'd be like in like a 30 ouncer, right? He would make a lot of coffee. <laughs> yeah. I don't see him like wielding like the tiny little like, espresso machine. So, I mean, you could sip that cup for the whole day and it would be hot from like the beginning to the end. Or just take it home and use it to heat So, what house. happens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now. We're going to take this on like a bit of a curveball because it's actually a uh, a particularly hot day that you've gone in and you're thinking about mm. a frappuccino. Mm. Are you yeah, well, still going to the Balrog? Because obviously I, he's making the coffee before it goes in the frap. Yeah. Now, do they, ha- do they make iced tea at Starbucks? Because then I would go for a nice, tall, cold iced tea from the chilling hand of the Witch King. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I have heard that the Starbucks Shadow and Flame coffee blend is pretty good. So, Oh, my God. I hope they make that now. I hope someone hears this. Um, no, I cannot stomach cold coffee things. So I'm still, with, I'm still staying with the Balrog. James, did you tell us your answer? As someone who doesn't drink coffee, um, I'm just, just – It well, could yeah, be hot chocolate. I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering who, who would make the best hot chocolate and – a hot chocolate that's too hot definitely is a problem. Um, whereas if, if it's made right, mm, even if yeah. it's starting to cool down, I, I think that's okay. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to go Witch King. I would I would hand, I would ask the Witch King to make my mocha because I feel like he's maybe more finesse. Like, yeah, all those parts yeah. together. Yeah, I mean the bar. Yeah, the barrel's going to be big, maybe a bit clumsy. Yeah, but if it's seven a.m. and I need need that jump, it's going to be the Balrog's cup. Say it was almost eight, and you were supposed to record a podcast. Uh, <laughs> something has to get you up. Um, all right, so let me give you my scenario. Yeah, I was going to say, that was great. Let's right. hear another All right, so, and again, this is courtesy of, of Elsa. Um, of the two, which would you rather have be the entertainment at your five-year-old's birthday party? Oof. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. Well, okay, so the Balrog could light your candles for you on the cake. Yeah. You're right. Sure. Sure. Um, he has more of a circus theme with the whip and the sword. So maybe he's got some sort of show thing he yeah, could I, be doing. I, I don't bet know. The, I bet the Balrog can juggle. Oh, yeah. Sure. Orcs. Yeah. Dwarves. Yeah. yeah I, I've, I've just now. Have any of you seen a BBC comedy called Psychoville? No. 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 Oh, uh, okay. So it's. um. It's kind of hard to describe, but look it up, watch it. There's a clown in that called Mr. Jolly, and he turns <laughs> <I'm already> up. Horrified. <laughs> he turns up to kids uh, like birthday parties that he's been hired for, but he drives like an old like it looks like a hearse. I can't remember if it actually is a hearse, but it's like, and he's like so grumpy and like, but he's not like nasty to children, but it's just like 
you know, you, you hire this clown, he turns up, and you're just like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> and that's what I feel like the Witch King turning up would be like. He'd be like, oh, you know, we've hired you a witch and a king for your birthday. And then this thing turns up, and it's just like... Yeah, I'm I'm getting definite sort of Joaquin Phoenix and Joker vibes from uh, from the Witch King as, as the party entertainment. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, uh, everyone also, wants a good magician at their kid's birthday party, right? And he could fly into the party on a fell beast, which could be entertaining. <gasps> oh, yeah. and then the yeah. kids can pet it and take rides on it. Yeah. Right on the yard. So, uh, oh my god, that you sold me. You sold me, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do I also get to ride and pet the fell beast? Sure, you hired oh, it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. That's it then, because you know, <laughs> I might end up having to take someone to A and E with serious burns if I've got the Balrog there. Whereas, what could go wrong riding a fell beast? And it wouldn't be like the Balrog meant it, but we'd already talked about it. he's kind of clumsy, probably. Yeah. Exactly. You know, he just you know he's clumping around. He just can't help it with those wings. Yeah. That wings. Hospital. Yeah. Hospital near where Simon and I live uh, has has got a nice helipad just outside, uh, so I'm sure you could land a fell beast on one of those if you did need to uh, take anyone for emergency treatment. I mean, there's yeah. All right, uh, James, do you have a, do you have a scenario? Um, I had two, and they were suspiciously similar to Simon's, suspiciously similar to Daniel's. So um, I'm just going to go for <laughs> go for a, go for a fairly simple one. Um, you know, going out for a for a meal in town. Um, you've left the car because you want to have a drink. Um, your your Uber driver turns up to to, to bring you home. Uh, who, who who do you want it to be? Well, I think going from like last answer to Uber, like on a fell beast home, would be pretty cool. However, you might fall off. Yeah, if it's late enough at night after the pub. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is it winter? Or summer, because that that might uh, oh, that's my a good opinion too, right? Because um, uh, it's already hot out. I don't know if I want the Balrog in there. Well, you guys I'm don't there. have seasons in England, do you? We do. We have we have long wet days and we have short wet days. Right. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's especially similar to here, but where I live, lots of rain all the time. We also do get days like today where there is just blazing sunshine. Which is just to throw us off and to make us think, oh, wow, it exists. And then it goes away for <laughs> another two two to three months for us to then just go, we know it exists. We just don't ever get it. I hear that's sort of like uh, Marvel distribution packs for you guys over there, too. We're finally <laughs> oh, getting the hood this we, week. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, nice. The War Machine releasing. Oh, yeah, oh. Machine. No one cares about him. Hey, he's a fun deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we don't care about it on this show. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to go with the Witch King because of the Fell Beast Uber option. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Balrog. And nice. it's because I reckon, you know, you get on with the Witch King and you're like maybe two, three minutes away from him dropping you off. And he's just there and he's he's been a bit chatty the whole way. And <laughs> he just like, and then he gets her and he's like, so yeah, you know, you can. You can always leave me a tip through the app if you like, and then it will just you know silence, and it's just like crickets <laughs> for the re- like the last like three minutes as you're just there thinking, I'm not leaving you a tip. You've just spoken to me the whole way. That's not what I pay for, <laughs> right? And you've just been like mumbling back at him anyway. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, true. I guess he would be a better conversationalist, wouldn't he? 
Yeah, whereas I get the impression the Balrog's going to be very no-nonsense. You're going to get there, he's going to like angrily bellow your name at you. You're going to say yes. You're going to get into whatever <laughs> contraption he's driving you in, whilst he drives silently and angrily. You can't yeah. just say yes to get in the car. You have to speak friend and enter his vehicle. If you so, does anyone know the word "friend" in the black speech? <laughs> no. Do they even have one? All right. So I have a question for you guys. Uh, you Balrog or Nazgul? You are going to be roommates with them in a one-bedroom studio apartment during your senior year of grad school, and they are double majoring in art and poetry. So who do you take? Hands down, the Witch King. Yep, Nazgul. He's going to take up less room in the apartment. Yeah, and I bet he's going to be kind of. I think he could weave some subtle words and magic with his art and poetry. Hands down, be fun to look at. And you just you just know the Balrog's going to be doing some kind of weird, uh, fire based performance art, and it's yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> going to be annoying. Everything's going to smell of smoke. Um, and I I cannot sleep with a light on. So yeah, roommate with the fire. Mm, good call. For me. But he's also made of shadow. <laughs> Oh, do you think his performance art would be like shadow puppet art too? That would that would annoy me. After oh, a while. I didn't think of that. I was just thinking that come nighttime, he might be able to engulf James in shadow, so there's zero light getting in. Mm, that's true. That's good. Disregarding size, I'm assuming that we've got a room that would be large enough for either of them. I would still <laughs> go with the Witch King because I get the impression that he would be very tidy and organized. Oh yeah. Uh, um, you know, he would also probably be uh, if there was anything wrong with the dorm room or the dormitory in general. I feel like he would be very good at penning out letters uh, and making sure that things were appropriately fixed and uh, in the appropriate condition. I mean, uh, given everything you've told us about his experience as a union rep. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is pre-union rep. This is his college days, but he's preparing oh, himself point. for It's kind it. of what turned him into the union rep. Yeah, he realized yeah, 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 he yeah. has a penchant for it. Yeah, oh my god, this is his origin story in that regard. He's not too goth or emo for you guys? He's perfectly goth and emo. Oh, okay. That's what you wanted no in your su- poetry major. No such thing as too goth or emo. <laughs> okay. I, while you were talking about him not taking up too much space, I realized, too, he probably wouldn't eat any of the food in the fridge. He wouldn't like accidentally take your stuff whereas you know the balrog would right yeah. yeah yeah and then like the problem the balrog is like what are you gonna do about it when he does eat your food yeah i also feel like maybe the balrog would be like part of some obnoxious frat so <laughs> definitely <laughs> <Totally. laughs> oh yeah and he'd probably have like a drum set mm. yeah. or, or yeah. some kind there'd be some noisy thing he does where i drums in the deep yeah yep yeah yep. Yep. so all right. Good questions. Uh, Good scenarios, yeah. all. Those are fun. So I, I want to. I have three other ones. I'm going to ask each of you quick, just a fast answer. Just one of you. So, Daniel. Okay. Yes. You're gonna, you're gonna join a fantasy sumo LARP group with this character. Sumo LARP. Yeah. Okay. Fantasy sumo LARP. All right. <laughs> uh, the Balrog. Oh, all right. Okay. I want to be beaten quickly. Uh, James, you are going to sing the duet of Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King. Oh. Witch King. Okay. But, I think he has oh, a better voice. A screechy voice, yeah. Simon, this guy is going to be your best man who throws you a bachelor party the night before your wedding. Balrog. Oh. I think that was There is answer. such a thing as two goth or emo when you've got a bachelor party. That's right. Okay. okay. Great. Oh, that was fun. 
I'm, I'm expecting lots of flaming sambucas at this party. <laughs> oh, that would be good. I haven't had sambuca in years. Every drink will be on fire, whether you want yeah. it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have we got anything more to say about these guys? I don't think uh, so. They're great fun. Yeah. Yeah. They, you get a scenario with them turn up, you know you're playing Lord of the Rings. That's yeah. right. They make everything better. Instantly recognizable classic characters that even the bad one, like the cards that aren't very good, when they turn up, they're still fun. Yeah. Well, Simon, how do good people find us in the various places in the world? By delving too deeply. They can delve too deeply. Do you have a scenario you think these two would be perfect for? We want to know. You can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com or tcgcoop at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters and The Card Game Cooperative on Facebook. You can find uh, the Critical Encounters YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, you can find us. We are Vardane, Big From Loaf, Mighty Jim, and Simon. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Gollum, take us out. One rings to rules them all, precious. One rings to finds them. One rings to brings them all, and in the darkness cleanses them. In the lands of Mordor, where the shadows is lie. Leave now, and never come back! The following outtake is rated R. You must be at least 17 years old or accompanied by a parent or guardian aged 21 or older to listen to the R-rated content that follows. Fair warning, we devolve very quickly into inappropriate content not suitable for young children. Uh, do you guys want to hear what Mike's suggestion was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we may have to cut this out. Uh, a threesome. I mean, you don't get a choice then. It's just both of them. <laughs> oh, what do, do you mean? Oh my god! Me, my I love how you just took that. Or do you mean me, my spouse, and one of them? Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I think, think that's that was what I'm meant. That's what I meant. So Simon's version is like a threesome. Yes or no? <laughs> oh God, that was funny. That's good. Uh, if I had to choose between one of them, um, <laughs> oh, I don't know which king. I, I, I do not want to be stabbed by a Morgul blade. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what he calls it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe we should cut that, Steve. Uh, uh, um, I might tag that at the end and uh, give some, family show. Some, some fair warning that it's going to devolve here. Uh. <laughs>